0: Yo, what up, everybody? This is Mark from Suicide Silence. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hull from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. And Chris from Bad Wolves. Joe from Briar Rose. Tyler Burgess here. And I- this is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. Yo, yo, yo. Igor Cavalera here. Hey, this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedalton Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. New episodes dropping every Sunday. Make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now, you motherfuckers. Keep it metal. Hell yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your main man here, any monster. And we're kicking it right now on episode 86. That's right, the 86th episode. And we've got quite the episode for you guys. That's right. We've got the Unsigned Band of the Week, two bands, You Should Know Artists, Rock and Metal News. Plus, we're talking the new Hulu television show, Pam and Tommy, as well as many, many other things. That's right. We've got a great episode for you guys. But before we get into it, it's time for the social media side of things. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment on the show. And if you want to know more about all the links whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find them in the description. But the one link that is important is pedal to the metal radio show dot That is the place to go. If you want to listen to new and archived episodes of the show, plus all the episodes of the Monster House Records Club, the Singles Club, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Again, pedal to the metal radio show dot Also, if you are in a band Email us at pedal to the metal radio show at gmail.com with your band, your promoter, your label, whatever it may be, you're, you're signed, you're unsigned. We don't care. Email us and we'll get you guys on the show as quick as we possibly can. We try to sift through all the emails that we get and it's a lot. There's a lot of submissions Um, and we try to find the best to fit the show And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes some bands get get lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? We listen to so many bands and we go through so many emails. sometimes you forget, like, man, what was the name of that band that we just checked out? And uh, it'll drive you nuts. But uh, nonetheless, we love it. We're trying to develop a secondary show that is going to be on Twitch. We're also developing some YouTube shows as well. Stuff like that for you guys. So, uh, again, welcome, everybody to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio Show, the podcast. Again, I said we were going to talk Pam and Tommy. I meant that. And it's controversial in so many ways. Now, I've seen up to episode four, and I don't know if I'm checked out from the show, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm enjoying it, but I'm hearing too many discrepancies in the world. And I'm hearing too many things. And I've noticed a bunch of things, too. Um, One of the things i got to say about Pam and Tommy is that I love... Here's the things that I love about Pam and Tommy. And one of the things is definitely the makeup. I think uh, they do a phenomenal job disguising Lily James as Pamela Anderson. For a while I was like I don't think I know who Lily James is And then I saw her IMDB And I'm like oh my god I know that actress Uh, So that part they do a great job As well as Sebastian Stan And various other The the one thing I didn't like man I loved who they picked for Mick Mars I can deal with who they picked You know for For Nikki but Vince The guy they picked for Vince just looks Fucking horrible he looks like a guy that was transplanted from the 70s and an awful, you know, in those in that Saturday Night Live Blue Oyster Cult skit and then put onto the show and, and let's pretend it's the 90s. That one was fucking awful. I couldn't believe that. So then, you know, it, it, whatever. So that part, I love it. You know, I also love a lot of the stuff. I mean, it... It makes you think it's the 90s, the music, um, you know, the styles. I love the little, you know, things they throw in there, the Easter eggs, like Tommy wearing the Cat House Hollywood hat or the Anthrax T-shirt, you know, various other things like that. The one thing I didn't like, however, is that they make Tommy look like this dumb fucking animal who is just a complete asshole, like... Almost like there's not one good trait about him. You know what I mean? And like, ah, it's so weird. It's just, you know, he looks like he's a complete douchebag. If you're watching the show, and 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 uh, I'm like, there's no way Tommy is that much of an asshole. I mean, I can see, you know, the way he reacts to the paparazzi. That's understandable. They're pain in the asses, but to various other people, I was like, yeah, I don't think so. You know what I mean? And, and it kind of bothered me for for most of the episodes. I'm like, it, it just doesn't seem right. And, uh, you know, there's, there's little things they insert in there, like Tommy talking to his penis, which is basically, you know, it's, it's them saying he listens to his dick more than he does his own brain. Ha, 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 that was funny. Um, you know, and whatnot. But, again, it's a show. They're trying to make it uh, larger than life. They want to get you hooked. But somebody that was close to Motley Crue at the time had something to say. As I bit my tongue on that one. Uh, anyways, so John Karabi, who you guys may remember, was the vocalist for Motley Crue. He replaced Vince Neal at one point. Um, and here's what he said. He went on to Facebook, and he had this to say about the show. He goes, okay, just my opinion here on something that has been bugging me. The Tommy and Pam miniseries on Hulu is so full of bullshit, it's ridiculous. I can honestly say about 98% of this fictional take on TP's life is criminal. I shared five years of my life with Tommy. And although it was at times insanity, it's so overblown in this shit they call TV entertainment. Tommy never walked around in a Speedo. Didn't act at all the way they portray him. And now I see that Third Eye Blind bumps us from a studio because they're more relevant. Did not happen. Apparently, Hulu and all involved in this crock of shit don't care about how Pam may feel to have to relive this, or how Tommy's new wife may feel, or how about Tommy's boys seeing this completely overblown story about their parents. Shame on everyone involved. So apparently in episode 5, there's this scene where Tommy Lee shows up, and he shows up to the studio and they tell him, sorry, you guys got bumped from the studio for a band that's more relevant. And, you know, he said, what band is this? And it was Third Eye Blind and they're playing Semi Charmed Life. So that's the big controversy there. And apparently I didn't realize the blonde character who I thought was Vince Neal the whole time was John Karabi. Even though John Karabi was not a blonde. Go figure. But anyways, so there you go. That's my honest take on Pam and Tommy. If you want complete entertainment and nothing factual, then yeah, watch the show. It's great. Um, If you want things that are facts like I wanted, like I wanted facts, you're not going to get it here with Pam and Tommy. According to John and John Karabi's enough for me because he was involved with Tommy for a very long time, especially in the mid 90s. You know, around the time that Vince Neal had left, you know, Motley Crue. So there you go. I mean, that's up to you guys. It's your opinion, whatever the case may be. All right. So we are going to take a small musical break. That's right. And when we come back, we're going to be doing the top 10 albums of 1987 right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. But right now, it is time for our first musical act. That's right, is our unsigned band of the week. And we're pumped because we had these guys before. They were on episode 69 of the podcast. And the band is Scorched Earth. You may remember we played their track Lucky 13. And that was back in the October episode. Uh, we have them once again on the show because they've got a brand new EP that was released on February 11th. It's called Demons Down. You need to check it the fuck out it's awesome go to scar uh scorched earth again scorched earth and right now we're going to play their new track right here on pedal to the metal radio the podcast here it is this is mexican standoff Give it up for Scorched Earth right there. And remember, you can always follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash scorched hyphen earth. Remember, scorched hyphen earth. All right, as promised, it is time for the top 10 of 1987. That's right, we're doing every year because it's the 40th year of my living on the planet Earth, so why not? And uh, here we go. So, top 10 of 1987. This is the first year we did not have any honorable mentions. If we did, it would probably be like Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue, Back for the Attack by Dokken, so on and so forth. But anyways, here's the top 10. At number 10, we have Killing Technology by Voivod. It's one of the first Voivod records that I ever listened to and honestly, one of my faves to this day. Uh, this band... That's coming in at number nine. I discovered by chance, I don't remember how, I can't remember how I discovered them, but for some reason, something on the internet told me to listen to their album, and Rock You to Hell by Grim Reaper is definitely an amazing fucking record. If you ever want to check out any album by Grim Reaper, this is the one. Coming in at number eight, I have Hall of the Mountain King by Sabotage, that's right band that we interviewed a member of a couple weeks ago here we go this is one of my favorites my brother my oldest brother turned me on to this band and this was always one of the albums he loved from sabotage there you go uh rock and roll by motorhead comes in at number seven now i love motorhead but this is an album and there's a reason it's at number seven I didn't love every track on the album, but it does feature some classics like the title track, Eat the Rich, Stone Deaf in the USA. Uh, but most importantly, one of the bonus tracks that came on the Castle Communications 1996 reissue is the song Cradle to the Grave. Definitely one of my favorite tracks on there, even though it wasn't originally um, an album release. It was released on the Eat the Rich Uh, As a B-side, I believe, to Eat the Rich uh, right there. All right, number six, we've got Keeper of the Seven Keys by Halloween. It's probably the only Halloween album you'll ever hear me talk about. I love it. Henceforth, why it's a number six. Uh, Number five, we've got the debut album by Testament. Originally, they were called Legacy. So when they changed their names to Testament, they called their first album The Legacy, which still features, I believe, tracks that were written by Steve Zetrosouza, if memory serves me correct. It's on that record. Great album. Uh, Number four, we've got Taking Over by Overkill. Again, ask my older brother and my other brother what Overkill record did they love, and they instilled on me. It was definitely uh, Taking Over by Overkill. It features some real classic shit on this record. With such amazing songs as In Union We Stand, which is still one of my favorites. We've got uh, Wrecking Crew, Fear His Name, Use Your Head, Fatal of Swallowed. Just such amazing tracks. Electro-Violence. You just can't go wrong with the band's second album overall. At number three, we've got Scream Bloody Gore by Death. Again, this is the first Death album that I was ever introduced to. And just such amazing songwriting. The album features some great songwriting, and while it might not be as celebrated as, you know, such albums as Leprosy or even Spiritual Healing, Scream Bloody Gore is still an amazing album. It's called the first true death metal record, and it features great tracks like Zombie Ritual, Denial of Life, Regurgitated Guts, Baptized in Blood, Evil Dead, and even the title track, Scream Bloody Gore. It's pretty fucking awesome, so check it out. Uh, Number two, we've got Abigail by King Diamond. I love this record. I know there are people out there that can't take King Diamond seriously, but, man, listen to this record. He's got some amazing highs and lows as far as his voice. The songwriting is unbelievable. It's a great, great horror story to begin with. Definitely an amazing fucking record right there. Check it out. Abigail by King Diamond at number two. And at number one, it's undeniable. They're one of the big four. This was one of the releases that was put into that whole pot of the big four releasing their big albums. Um, For instance, you know, Metallica, Master of Puppets, Megadeth, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying?, uh, Slayer's Reign and Blood, and then right here, coming in at number one, Among the Living by motherfucking Anthrax. What a great, great record this is. And it's got amazing tracks. I mean, Indians, I Am the Law. Uh, I could never say the name right. Elf. Elf, Elfin. Uh, basically, it stands for Nice Fucking Life. Uh, skeleton in the Closet's great. Uh, caught in a Mosh. I mean, you guys can't go wrong. The bass line to start that track is fucking amazing. So this is a great album. Check it the fuck out. There you go. There's my top 10 of 1987. Again, I'll read them to you. Killing Technology by Voivod at 10. Rocky to Hell by Grim Reaper at 9. Hall of the Mountain King by Sabotage at 8. Rock and Roll by Motorhead at 7. Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 1 by Halloween at 6. The Legacy by Testament at 5. Taking Over by Overkill at 4. Scream Bloody Gore by Death at three. Abigail by King Diamond at two. And Among the Living by Anthrax at number one. All right. Now, speaking of legendary thrash bands or thrash metal in general, we've got the new wave of thrash metal right here for you guys to kick off our first of two bands you should know artists. And this one's a great one. I love these guys. I've been checking them out um, ever since they've been, you know, the promos have been sent to me, and this band's called Chrisix, and uh, they're pretty badass. And this track that I'm going to play for you guys, right, is called We Need Mosh United. And the cool thing about this track is that it, I believe, it's a re recorded version of this song. And it features members of bands such as Dustbolt. Insanity Alert, Warbringer, Violator, Suicidal Angels, Fueled by Fire, Gamma Bomb, Bonded by Blood, Nervosa, and Angelus, I believe, Apotrita, Apotrita, maybe. Anyways, so these guys are all a part of the new wave of thrash metal scene, and each one of them gets to sing a part of the song along with the band. And uh, it's pretty fucking cool. You need to check this out. It's pretty badass. The band has an album. I believe it's an album coming out called Full HD. It's got some awesome, amazing bundles that you're gonna want to check out, like 3D glasses, because I believe the album artwork is in 3D and the and the artwork looks amazing, if you ask me. But anyways, the song is called WNM United, which stands for We Need Mosh. And we sure as hell do need some motherfucking mosh. Here we go. Let's get it on right now on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. But we're back to THC Yes, we talked to I'm really glad in The only thing we need bring it down to the pit Just your play My, my amateur is Yeah, me against my News, presented by Eddie Monster. Yes, it is rock and metal news time for all you boys and ghouls out there. That's right, we've got some great news. I'm your Dr. Feelgood, and I'm here to provide it for you guys. First, we're going to start off, and Rage Against the Machine has announced more reunion dates for 2023. Apparently, that's when they're Part of the tour starts in 2022 when it begins on July 9th in East Troy, Wisconsin, and it runs all the way to August 14th in New York, New York. But never fear, because if they didn't make it to your neck of the woods, they restart up in 2023 when they start up February 22nd of 23 in La Cruces, New Mexico. And it runs all the way to April 2nd in Detroit, Michigan. Now, I'm a little disappointed because I don't see any Boston dates for uh, any of these, which is a little disappointing considering they were supposed to play Boston originally two years ago. Uh, but nonetheless, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, Testament, and other news, says that they have a list of, of drummers that you would consider known and then some up-and-coming drummers in their plans to replace Gene Hoagland. Uh, obviously the guys need to do something quick, considering they've got the Bay Area Strikes Back tour uh, coming up. But apparently, you know, they do have a list, and here's what Alex Skolnick had to say: He goes, "Yeah, I think at this level, it could be crazy to do an announcement that the band is auditioning. We would just be overwhelmed. We could get over. We would get overwhelmed with applications instead." There's what we think of as a shortlist that's being looked at, and includes some known drummers, some that are more up and coming, like more re- like more recent generation drummers. Well, I have no problem. I mean, I think everybody who's being considered is really good, no question. These are tough shoes to fill, obviously, very big shoes, big shoes metaphorically and and in real life. But, you know, there are some great drummers out there, and I just think among the several that are being considered, I think it's probably going to be one of them. And, of course, I've gotten messages from several drummers myself or friends or bandmates of drummers, like, hey, man, if you guys are looking, check this guy out. And I'm just telling everybody, well, you know, there's the shortlist, and if it doesn't end up being anybody from the shortlist, then we'll see, but we have to decide soon because, yeah, there could be a tour not that far away so there you go and uh, as you guys know Hoagland was originally a drummer from Testament from 1996 97 and then from 2012 until just recently so there you go but we also know that Testament is currently working on their follow up to 2020's Titans of Creation so I look forward to anything that they're doing Uh, Paramount Plus has been in the news and if you're like me and you grew up watching shows on MTV like Headbangers Ball and Beavis and Butthead, ha, 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 then you will be happy to know that Paramount Plus has announced a new Beavis and Butthead movie and episodes as well. So there you go. Uh, The AV Club is reporting that Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe is coming sometime soon. And, uh... This is possibly, uh, well, they're providing the following synopsis, so apparently this might be legit. In perhaps the dumbest space movie ever made, Beavis and Bud Herdits are sentenced to space camp by a creative judge in 1998. Their obsession with a docking simulator, ha, 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 leads to a trip on the space shuttle with predictably disastrous results. After going through a black hole, they reemerge in our time, where they look for love, misuse iPhones, and are hunted by the deep state. Spoiler, they don't score. So there you go. Uh, but it's also being reported that Paramount Plus will also add new episodes of the show, as well as 200 remastered versions of the original MTV run. So Beavis and, and as you know, Beavis and Butt-Head originally aired between 1993 and In 1997 was brought back for one season, 2011, but there you go. But uh, other news, King of the Hill also might be coming back. So if you're a fan of King of the Hill, check that out. If you're a fan of Beavis and Butthead, then you're as excited as I am. All right, so this next piece of news, I don't know how else to report this. I know these guys... um, are obviously doing the best they can. It's hard to replace a singer that is just i so iconic. And I'm not saying that, you know, this next guy that I'm speaking of is as iconic as Freddie Mercury or is as iconic as, you know, any other humongous like he's not Jimmy Page but he's iconic enough that he represented a scene at a time and I'm talking about Dave the Stage Williams uh, you may know was the singer of Drowning Pool until he passed away but uh, it's hard for a band to replace a singer that was iconic as he was and even though he was around for just one album, Drowning Pool has struggled to find a permanent permanent replacement. I thought Ryan McCombs was definitely going to be the guy, but it never ended up being that. But now they have Jason Moreno, uh, who's the singer, and apparently, you know, they are saying that they have recorded an album. And it's due out later this year, and it will be the band's first on um, UME slash T-Boy Records. And here's what Jason Moreno had to say. I'm so grateful for such a big opportunity, and I'm proud of everyone's hard work that afforded us this chance. It's been such a flood of emotion since we started recording this album and talking to Universal. It almost didn't seem real when everything was put on pause because of COVID. I'm so eager for people to hear the new record and get out there and perform it live. I'm very excited. I welcome the pressure of the moment, but what I feel most is gratitude and anticipation for what the future holds. I don't want to be one of those guys who spouts off about Strike a Nerve being the greatest record we've ever made, but I'm looking forward to letting everyone who hears it have that debate. That's according to Steve Benton, who's the bass player. He goes on to say, "I What I will say is that we put every bit of our heart and soul into these songs and hope everyone digs the album as much as we do. So there you go. Uh, Strike a Nerve. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's coming out sometime in 2022. And the band is currently about to hit the road next month with El Nino and Head P.E. And that tour starts... March 13th in San Antonio, Texas and runs all the way to April 10th in Abilene, Texas when they play the Abilene Convention Center so it's kind of funny, they start their tour in Texas and end it in Texas Um, kind of cool, but uh, they're playing some nearby shows, Hartford Connecticut, Portland, Maine, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire pretty cool All right, uh, Spirit Box is a band that has just taken the world by storm. They really have. Um, And it's kind of cool. They've got a comic book. Now, everybody knows me. I'm a huge comic book fan. And apparently, they have got a comic book to go along with their debut album, Eternal Blue. It's coming out as a graphic novel. And uh, it explores the world of Eva, a brilliant painter on the verge of success who is transported to an ethereal world via a spirit box. And it features writer Jim Kruger, who worked on Earth X and Justice, and artist Amilcar Pina, who worked on Poppy's Inferno and Generation X. And here's what vocalist Courtney LaPlante said. This is... I am in love with this story and artwork. I cannot wait for you to discover Eva and the world that she has been thrust into. It truly is an extension of my feelings and the state of mind I held while writing our album, Eternal Blue. And the lyrics that resonate with me still. Although we are very different, I can't help but let a lot of myself seep into Eva's personality and experiences. I care about her so much. Jim and Emelcar are brilliant. And we are so happy to share this with you after keeping it to ourselves for so long. So Eternal Blue, a spirit box, the graphic novel, is coming out in June. Pre-orders are available, including a deluxe version with a fully functional spirit box replica, uh, which seems pretty badass. That is so cool. I'm going to put this in the description. So if you guys want to check it out, you can check out the pre-order yourselves. All right, another tour news. Breaking Benjamin, Seether, and Starset have announced a U.S. tour. Plus ex-Flyleaf vocalist Lacey Sturm will be on the tour as well as a solo artist. And the tour takes place May 22nd when they kick it off in Manchester, New Hampshire. And it runs all the way to May 21st when they end it in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, obituary and their drummer have said that uh, the new album has some fresh sounds that all of you are going to enjoy he talks about it and uh, here's what he said it's fucking awesome it is obituary absolutely 100% meat and potatoes but with Ken's influence and him being able to write a few songs with me on this one he brings a much more old school thrash metal feel so it's fresh, it's killer, it's exciting on some of those songs but then also the meat and potatoes There are some songs that are so heavy on this record, man. I'm so proud of it. I can't wait for people to hear it. I'm also excited to hear this new Obituary record. It's going to be great. Donald Tardy right there talking about the new album in his interview with Chaos Scene. So, uh, yeah, Obituary is is just an amazing band. And one of the cool things, uh, knowing that they're so respected, I... uh, saw a post between Gary Holt and talking about obituary, and it's like, man, I'd almost love to see a collaboration right there. I don't know. Maybe that's just me or whatever. Uh, In other news, Body Count has got a brand spanking new record. That's right. For those of you that don't know who Body Count is, shame on you. It's Ice-T, and they're harder than than Carnivore, according to them. Uh, But they're in the studio recording their new record called Merciless. And uh, here's what they said. Body Count News. I'm proud to say that we just finished the first day of writing, recording, and track selection for the new Body Count album, Merciless. Only one goal. It's got to be harder than the last. It already is. And that's according to Ice-T. So I'm super excited. And that's going to do it for rock and metal news because we have our last Bands You Should Know artist. We gave you the hard. Now it's time to go a little harder. And I love this next band because I just love their name. I don't even care what it sounds like. I love their name. And I'm going to tell you why. When I was a kid growing up in a Portuguese kind of household and environment and and neighborhood and a lot of Portuguese around me, one of the uh, few phrases that I always heard all the time when somebody was pissed at you and they wanted to end the conversation you know like instead of saying hey fuck off Or something like that In Portuguese you would just look at the person and say Hey fuck me merda You know what I mean like that would end the conversation Like fuck me merda So our next band Believe it or not Their name is Come Marda, Which literally translates to eat shit And we're proud to play them On the show right fucking now Cause that's how we're gonna end this shit no pun intended. But we're going to end this merda with this great great name for, for an awesome artist. And here we go. And this is the track, Molotov Cocktail, right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I will see all you crazy bastards next week. That's interesting. Huh? What? Some people would have you believe dinosaurs existed millions of years ago. It's just not true. God created the earth 6,000 years ago. And I tell my kids, you have to remember, dinosaurs and human beings lived on the earth at the same time. What, like the Flintstones? What? <laughs>